This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture, brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome to The Table, where we discuss issues of God and culture, and our topic today is the Middle East, in particular Iran. And I have a wonderful guest. We have uh, done this the opposite way uh, before. Hormoz Shariat is president of Iran Alive. It's a TV show that beams by satellite into the Middle East, particularly into Iran. And how long, Hormoz, have you been doing television? Television, 18 years. 18 years. Yes, but I was a pastor, church planter among Muslims for over 25 years. I see. Yes. And and how, and how long have you been in the States now? I came at the time of revolution, 79. Okay. 79, revolution of Iran. I came here as a graduate student, mm-hmm. and I found the Lord here, started ministries here. Yeah. Okay, and and your show uh, beams out of Carrollton, Texas. Is that right? That's right. It's yeah. uh, from there through fiber optics. We go to Europe, uplink to a satellite, and all real time covering the Middle East, North Africa, and Europe. And it's the amazing thing. I, every day I'm amazed. Everything yes. I say, why, why God is using your technology? Walking in that studio, in that room, sitting there, speaking to millions of mm-hmm. Iranian Muslims face to face, real time, in their homes. And the government of Iran cannot stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots to talk about there. Let's walk through your story uh, and let's talk about you grew up, I, I take it, in a Muslim home in Iran? Yes, I was a Muslim, pretty much devout Muslim um, on, until my teenage years. Mm-hmm. That's when I started thinking, well, it doesn't make sense these repeating these prayers in Arabic five times five times a day. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was uh, in a Muslim family and pretty devout early years. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me let me ask you this question because this actually was a discussion I had with someone at lunch today, which is fascinating. That is, uh, being a, a, a Muslim in Iran during that time, how much direct exposure did you have to the Quran? Uh, was it direct, indirect? Uh. Well, it, it wasn't like now that you're forced Quran. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a couple courses on, and at the high school you had to take about Arabic and Quran. But uh, Islam was not forced at all during the Shah's time. It was an optional thing to follow or not to follow. I see. Yeah. And so, uh, the, the, part of the point for asking that question is: is literally there are Muslims who are if I can say it, kind of all over the map in terms of their association with the Quran. Some are, some are radicalized. We well, at least we use that phrase in our language over here. Others are. It, I I don't know if this is a good description or not. A more culturally. Muslim, that kind of thing. So there's a range of people who associate with Islam. Is that correct? That's exactly right. All, you, all Muslims are not the same. Mm-hmm. You talked about two groups. There are other groups, too. Mm-hmm. You talk about those devout who are ready to die for that faith, and mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. And there are those who, by name, are Muslims, and mm-hmm. they don't truly follow it. We call them moderate Muslims. Mm-hmm. And But there is a growing number 
of Muslims who are questioning mm -hmm. Islam in a very real, direct way. And by the way, in Iran, there's mm -hmm. growing by millions of born Muslims. You know, technically they're Muslims, mm -hmm. but they have rejected Islam. Mm. And many of them, this is like five years, many of them are even militant against mm. Islam. They're still, the name is Muslim. Mm -hmm. But they're saying, if we want to have a future for Iran, mm -hmm. we need to get rid of Islam. Mm. So, and still they're Muslim. So you, you're right. There's so many kinds. Don't think all Muslims are the same and all Muslims are radicals or terrorists or even all Muslims are moderate. It, that's not true. Okay. Well, yeah. well, we'll come back to that. That's an important part of something yeah. that I want to cover. But let's talk about your story. So you grew up as a Muslim in your in Iran, and then you said you came here for graduate studies after the revolution in 1979. That's right. Well, in 79, uh -huh. I was in Tehran, 78, 79, during the revolution. Uh, student involved with uh, the movement against Shah. I was on the streets of Tehran at those days, uh, shouting, I'm sorry to say that, mm -hmm. death to America, death <laughs> to America, one of those. Uh -huh. uh, but I want to assure you, I, I've changed my mind, I've repented, okay. and now I, I sing... We believe uh, in repentance <laughs> in Christianity, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. good. I sing God bless America, <laughs> and, I, and I mean it. So, yeah. But I was there, um, death to America, but not yet. I uh -huh. want to go there too <laughs> for graduate studies. Interesting. So I went to Southern California for... Uh, science, scientific um, studies. What's the school? University of Southern California. Okay, USC. USC Trojans. All right, yeah. okay, very good. <laughs> and you were studying science and doing graduate work and dropped into the United States and? And th that's the question started, which is important now because millions of Muslims are following the same path. At that, those days, there were not many like mm -hmm. me. Today, there are many like me, hmm. which is, is Islam true or not? Mm -hmm. I, I, I said to myself, there's a conflict there. I truly followed Islam sincerely, but it didn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel the presence of God. It didn't change my attitude, my character, nothing. It had no effect on my actual day. I was just pleasing mm -hmm. the fearful Allah. Hmm. So is Muslim true or not? And But externally, internally it wasn't true, but externally, wow, look, Islam is uh, defeating superpower USA and mm -hmm. kicked out the Shah, so God must be it, with it. Hmm. That question caused me to, to go and study. I said, okay, I'm going to study and see if God is there, and if he's there, how does he relate to me? And Islam is the last and most complete religion. Why should I study other religions? Hmm. Just study that again, but with an objective, open mind, open heart. Mm -hmm. And I got a Quran, and I read it through, even though I knew a lot about it. This mm -hmm. time, as a scientist, as mm -hmm. a researcher, mm -hmm. not a bigot. Mm -hmm. So I read through Quran, and I realized, okay, I knew most of it, a little bit more, but where is God? Mm -hmm. I still don't, I don't have him. I don't have a relationship. Uh, I decided, okay, it, either God is not there, or if he is there, it doesn't relate to our daily life. I'm mm -hmm. done. Hmm. But my scientific pride kicked in. Hmm. Uh, a voice, which I believe was Holy Spirit, hmm. telling me, how do you call yourself a scientist mm -hmm. if you just read one book and come to conclusion? You have to study different lines of thinking, hmm. and then you come to a conclusion. Hmm. So for my own pride, I got a Bible. Hmm. I said, I don't think I'm going to find anything new in it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read through it in three days, just mm -hmm. Proudly, I can tell others, yeah, I've read the Bible, I've read the Quran. 
So I got a Bible, uh, read Genesis, and then jumped to New, Ma- New Testament Matthew. Uh, well, that was a smart move since you gave yourself three days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Genesis, there are similar stories of Genesis and mm-hmm. Quran. That's right. But I jumped to Jesus, and I realized, oh, my gosh, this, this Jesus is not what they taught me. Huh. He's not a prophet. He doesn't fit a prophet profile. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling, and the teachings, beautiful. It's not in Quran. The Sermon on the Mount is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I thought everything in uh, Quran, everything in Bible is in Quran. But so his teachings grabbed me. I plan to start uh, to read the whole Bible in three months, and and in three and in three days. But in three three months later, I wanted to read the whole thing three mm-hmm. days. It, three months later, I was in. Matthew 5, okay, mm-hmm. struggling. Who is this Jesus? Mm-hmm. Doesn't fit. Before I, I believe that all religions are the same. That's mm-hmm. kind of like intellectual mm-hmm. kind of thing. All religions are the same. And if you really study them, they all converge. Mm-hmm. But when I compared Quran and the Bible, I could not truly sincerely say they are the same. Mm-hmm. They are not. Mm-hmm. So a conflict, questioning, few months until... God uh, led me to a church where I heard a very simple message of salvation, hmm. and that changed my life. Oh, wow. And so this was when? That's 1979. 1979 oh, as well. Mon- no, I, actually, no. This was 1980. The 19- search started in 1979, mm-hmm. but in 1980, I came to Christ. Now, um, I, I've got a ton of questions. I'm not sure which way to go. Let me, let me, let me do this. What... Um, for a Muslim who is questioning, you know, I think most Christians go, I have no idea how to have this conversation, how to start this conversation. What advice would you give to someone who who encounters a Muslim who they sense is perhaps open or curious or maybe just curious, but um, there are there are hurdles in some cases to get through in terms of communicating who Jesus is. What advice would you give them as to how to do that? There are several do's and, and don'ts. Of okay. course, there are courses on that. I'm right, just, right. I'm just picking on some of the major ones. Okay. Um, the do's part is is the love. Mm-hmm. The greatest power we have is love. That's non-existent in Allah. Mm-hmm. Allah is not a God of love. Mm-hmm. So our love for people, our love for one another, and our love for God in a sincere that's very attractive, mm-hmm. and that shakes them up. If you want to just discuss religion, you don't get over. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Quran. No, I believe Bible and Quran. Is, they say well, Bible has been changed. On that level, you mm-hmm. don't get too far. Mm-hmm. So I, I even if they talk to me in, in that level of argument of mm-hmm. discussing and and comparing, I don't go that route. Mm-hmm. So the love is very important. Uh, let me share this. I've talked to. Muslims in America mm-hmm. who have come to Christ, one thing is common, most of them. Mm-hmm. There, there are exceptions, but the most of them, what caused you to come to Christ? A Christian loved me, hmm. showed me love. Hmm. That, was, that, that was a starting point. Hmm. So loving a Muslim sincerely, mm-hmm. and, and that's rare because of all this happening, right, all right. the news, September 11, right. most Americans, even American Christians, they kind of either afraid of Muslims mm. or they don't like them, which mm-hmm. both of them are not from God. No. Mm-hmm. You know, God loved the whole world. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the opposite of fe- love is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. It says perfect love casts fear. Mm-hmm. So if you're fearing Muslims, 
there is a block. Even mm-hmm. if you try to evangelize, mm-hmm. the spirit is not right. The mm-hmm. heart is not right. Mm-hmm. Fear is not love. So yeah, you have to not stop fearing or get rid of fear and loving them. Number one, that's it. That's the biggest do. Mm-hmm. Another do I would say is to ask and and listen. Ask them questions of this so they can think about. And a Muslim, by the way, and the reason is this: a Muslim is not allowed to think mm-hmm. or question Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, in some places, if a Muslim questions the Quran, they're going to be uh, they're going to be lashes. They're yeah. going to be consequence. So, making a Muslim think is a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be insulting, yeah, but that's yeah. the that's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had PhDs, my friends. Witnessing, logical, mm-hmm. talk, a lo- nice discussion, logical. But the moment we got into spiritual things, there was a blindness. Mm. There was no logic anymore. Mm. There was fear and defend, defend mm. the faith. Mm. So uh, uh, prayer is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've uh, witnessed to Muslims who love Jesus, but they couldn't make a decision. And mm. I realized it was a spirit of fear. Mm. There was a, there is a spirit of fear, and and thumbprint of the Islam, uh, the spirit of Islam is fear, hmm. fear mm-hmm. and hatred, violence. You see all that. that that's mm-hmm. not bad mouthing. Yeah. that's being truthful. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not politically correct, but mm-hmm. that's truthful. Mm-hmm. You see that in Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the 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 prayer. I was talking about prayer. So many times I witnessed to Muslims, and they're interested, but they can't make a decision. And it is because the spirit of fear. Many of them are attracted to Christianity. They they can't make a final decision. Spirit of fear. So here, the spiritual warfare side of it, hmm. praying against the spirit of fear. Hmm. I've led Muslims to Christ, holding their hands, praying the prayer of salvation, and open. I open my eyes and look, and, and their knees are shaking out hmm. of fear. At the moment of even praying to receive Christ, so mm. that that's, that uh, spirit is, is strong. So those are all the do's. Mm-hmm. Let me share a couple of don'ts. One is the deity of Christ or Trinity. Mm-hmm. Don't go there upfront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Jesus being Son of God is a spiritual thing. Je- Jesus said, "Peter, uh, the flesh and blood did not reveal that to you." Mm-hmm. So I give short, simple answers there and mm-hmm. assure them. That that's another do. Assure them that God is one. Mm-hmm. God, you would repeat, God is one, but uh, talking about uh, Jesus' deity or Trinity and all that, I don't go there at first. Mm-hmm. Later, sh- sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about how Muslims generally view Jesus, because you've alluded to this that you had heard that Jesus was kind of a prophetic figure, and then you read the scripture and you went, "No, not that doesn't do it for for what I'm reading." So what uh, a Muslim who's who's heard about Jesus has heard certain things. I'm I'm aware of another testimony from a. Uh, a Muslim who became a Christian who said um, that Islam's understanding of the crucifixion is very, very different than the cruci- than the understanding uh, that Christians have. So let's talk about the person of Jesus and the crucifixion in particular. What is what what is a Muslim who's heard about that likely to have heard about Jesus? Uh, all Muslims have heard about Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but the information is not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
Quran talks about Jesus in many places. It's correct, but some places is not. Like his crucifixion mm-hmm. is not uh, that he died for the sins of the world is not there. Mm-hmm. Jesus in the Quran is a prophet lower than Muhammad, mm-hmm. but is a prophet expired maybe, but mm-hmm. uh, but still respectable. Not raised, not raised. Not raised. Didn't die to to be raised. Okay. Even though there are verses uh, talking about. Uh, he's uh, rising from the dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, but in in Islamic theology, no, he didn't die. It was, it was Judas that died instead of. So there was Christ. a substitution before yes. Jesus even got to the cross. That's right. That actually is like some of the Gnostic um, Gnostic texts of the second and third uh, of the third and fourth centuries uh, that circulated among some fringe groups in Christianity. That's very very similar. That's interesting. Um, we won't go there. Um, so. So it's a very different Jesus. It's a prophet. It's someone who didn't die on a cross. It's someone who's not raised. So they kind of give, if I can say this, a a sort of respect to Jesus, but it isn't anywhere close to the picture of Jesus in the New Testament. Respect, yes. Respect as a prophet inferior to Muhammad, Mm -hmm. as one who comes back, who one thing is... A prophet that does miracles. Mm-hmm. That's why the faith for miracles is greater than most Christians because it's huh. in the Quran that Jesus does miracles. Huh. So I, that's probably one reason you see miracles and visions and dreams because they, they expect that and they believe that. But uh, Jesus did not die on the cross. It was uh, at the last moment God changed the face of Judas to mm-hmm. look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they, by mistake, they crucified Judas. Oh, wow. And God took Jesus out. Uh, let me show, share a funny story. I was talking to this mullah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in a funeral. He was supposed to preach. He sat beside me at Islamic funeral. Mm-hmm. And I was invited, sat beside me, and I talking to him. And uh, and I, asked, I said, he said, Jesus never uh, was not crucified and didn't die. And and uh, I said, so you say he didn't die? No, he didn't die. So he, God ra- he, God took him. So I said, he, if he didn't go on the cross, if he, in both ways, in mm-hmm. both sides, mm-hmm. either he died, he rose again, mm-hmm. or he, you say he didn't die, he rose. In either way, he's alive. Uh-huh. And I rather follow um, a, a life. Uh-huh. Savior than a dead prophet. Huh. He got so mad. Huh. He badmouthed me. I mean, huh. he was supposed to go and yeah. preach. Yeah. So it, it is. Uh, Jesus didn't die, but he was he was taken up to heaven, hmm. alive. He's so, uh, he's alive. I see. Yeah. Interesting. He didn't die. Um, so so uh, let's come back to your story. So you came to the Lord, and when did you start the ministry of Iran Alive? I started witnessing right after I came to Christ. Mm-hmm. I was a student, and then I worked as a research scientist for many years. So ministry started for me right away. And the reason was this. I said, this simple message works, changes mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. You know, as an engineer background, we're looking for something that works, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> and something as simple. Sometimes I think the re- engineers and scientists, we are called to make 
simple things complicated. <laughs> But I realized this simple uh-huh. message of the gospel is powerful. It's mm-hmm. changing me and my family and my relationship. So I started witnessing right away. I started try to form house churches in Southern California. Mm. Failed and failed mm-hmm. and failed mm-hmm. for many years. A few came to Christ, mm-hmm. formed a church, even for a while. But when I moved to Northern California after I graduated, that's where I realized, first of all, from failure that I need other people to do things. I'm mm. not gifted in every area. Mm. And there, God blessed, we started a church in my home mm-hmm. with uh, my wife and another lady, and it exploded. Hundreds and hundreds of Muslims came to Christ in Northern California. The Mother Church, I became a pastor for mm. many years. Mm. Out of that came the television ministry and planted churches uh, in Northern California, six churches o- over 25 years. Okay. Uh, I, I'm waiting to talk about your ministry till we get the other side yeah. of the break. So let's. I'm going to shift gears back to um, – to talking to Muslims about Christ. You said love is important, prayer is important, uh, knowing when to introduce the complexities of the Trinity is important. Um, uh, anything else on the list that, that, that Christians should be aware of as they interact? If, if, because I think for a Christian to say, well, if I can't talk too much theology, then what do I do? You just love and serve and no, be no. a friend? And, and talk theology, but uh-huh. theology that relates to the heart, not mm-hmm. to the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, talk about – this is the line of reasoning I use both personally and on television evangelism – is that if you're looking for a prophet – See, see, let me uh, state, I don't compare Muhammad and Jesus. I'd never go there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Compare Quran and the Bible. I'd never go there. Uh-huh. What I say is, if you're looking for a religion, what you have is good, but it doesn't do good, any good. Hmm. Uh, but And if you want prophets, there are so many out there, uh-huh. because that's what Muslims believe. Uh-huh. But when you want a savior... Jesus is alive and ready to save you. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so you really do appeal to the to the transformation that comes as a result of coming to Christ and and what He can do for you in life. Totally, I emphasize that because I don't because Jesus promises who believes in Him will be born again. I count on that 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 if you believe in Jesus today, now you're going to be transformed. Now, hmm. God will indwell in you now. Hmm. It's not for the future. That's right. I mean, the yeah. gift of the, the – obviously, the indwelling power of the Spirit through That's the right. new covenant is, is a key part of the gospel. Let's talk about the start of the ministry, and, and, then, and then we'll turn into what's going on in the Middle East today. So, so talk about the start of your television ministry. You were planning churches and finally having success in Northern California, and then did one day you just decided, oh, I'll go on television? How did that work? <laughs> well, God opened that. Uh, the heart for – Iran was always there, even from my early years of coming to Christ, and even my calling to be a pastor. I was a research scientist, good job, and started a church, was going well. One day, God said, I want you there full time. I said, God, it's going well. I, they don't need me there. The church is growing, mm-hmm. and we hired a pastor, and we, I'm, a, I'm an elder. But that's when it came, that over two months of two years of struggling, hmm. God, I, is this you? Do you want me to focus? And what I got through uh, those two years was this. Over the prayer, you know, this is what I got strong in my heart. God saying, I'm not calling you to be a pastor forever, just for a period of time. But I'm, calling, I'm, I'm doing something great in Iran, 
and I'm giving you the honor to be a part of it. Hmm. So that Heart for Iran was years before mm-hmm. television ministry, mm-hmm. that this is temporary. I'm doing church planting, but Iran, God is going to do something great. So when the opportunity came right after September 11, before that, we were doing some things on media, mm-hmm. but September 11 came, I said, time is now. Hmm. Things are happening. Hmm. So we, we bought one hour of airtime from a secular channel, hmm. broadcast into Iran, mm-hmm. and from day one, my... What I believed in my heart, I saw it with my eyes, which Mm. is Iran is ready for Jesus. Mm. From day one, we got so many calls, so many salvations. We got a few calls who were cussing at us, Mm -hmm. but most, for the most part, very sincere questions, prayer of salvation. Over the last, uh, since September 11, we have the names of over 32,000 people who called us and prayed to receive Christ. We've Mm. had hundreds of thousands who contacted us, but 32,000 prayed with us Mm. and dare to call. Our our phones are blocked, Mm -hmm. and those who call us are in trouble. Some of them have been arrested just because Mm. they called us. So it confirmed that this nation has gone through a spiritual journey. Of in the 80s, dying for Islam mm-hmm. to a to in 2000 or 2001 September 11 mm-hmm. and on to a point of saying Islam is not the answer. Islam is our problem. We need to get rid of it. Mm. The rejection of Islam in Iran is so wide and deep. Mm. So going on television one hour a week confirmed. Oh my gosh, the country is ready. Mm-hmm. But the if the gospel goes, it's just they're ready. It's like a harvest is ready. So we need to do it. So that's when the television ministry started, and we saw many come to Christ. It grew, and five years ago, a comfortable pastor, rather comfortable. I had mm-hmm. trained leaders, so mm-hmm. they were helping me lead the church in San Jose, California. I felt strongly, time is now. Time is passing the country is ready. Nation has rejected Islam, ready for, for the gospel, and you need to focus. How do I do that, God? We, we, I, you can't transform a nation with two, three hours a week mm-hmm. of television. That's eight mo- months of prayer so strongly. God said, go to Dallas, hmm. even the city. We prayed different cities, but hmm. the, we prayed for several cities. But when the moment we prayed for Dallas, something was special hmm. in, in our prayer meetings. Hmm. Go to Dallas, start a 24-7 Christian channel, beaming into the gospel into the Middle East and Europe. And it was a big step of faith mm-hmm. from being pastor, coming and signing up a big airtime contract. Mm-hmm. I was all scary. We didn't have it, mm-hmm. but God, uh, we didn't have the resources, but God provided as we needed. So coming to Dallas, let me, let me uh, clarify something. Okay. This is not a television ministry. Mm-hmm. We are not televisionists. We are church planting ministry mm-hmm. using television. Mm-hmm. My passion is not television. Mm-hmm. My passion is to see people saved and church established. So our focus is underground church planting mm-hmm. through media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on The Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. 
It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. Huh. That's interesting. So, so you've had thousands of people respond and hundreds of thousands make requests. Let's talk about what's going on in Iran today, because I suspect that many people think, well, Iran, it's, it, it is an established Muslim country, uh, but there's a lot of, uh, of discontent, and, and so there are a lot of people there who, who don't want to be there, and if they had their options, might not remain there? Is, is that fair to say? Uh, very special case in Iran. Uh-huh. Um, the government is Islamic. Uh-huh. People are not. Uh-huh. They're more and more, they're walking away from Islam. Hmm. Islam e- experiencing its greatest defeat in, this, in its 14th centuries of existence. Hmm. It's historical what's happening in Iran. Hmm. Greatest defeat of Islam in the whole history is happening now, today, hmm. in Iran. Hmm. So the people have deeply rejected. Recently, when people call us to pray to receive Christ, they have no mention of Islam. Early days, they would say, oh, Pastor Moses, I'm going to come to Christ, but what do I do with Islam? Who is Muhammad? How about the Quran? No more of that. I don't hear that. Rarely I hear that. Mm. Most of it is say, I was watching your programs, and something in me said, I want that salvation. I want what you're saying. How can I receive that? No struggle with the spirit of Islam. The spirit of Islam, which in Iran, as you see mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the Bible called Prince of Persia, mm-hmm. that's the spirit, has been defeated mm. through prayers of saints all over the world. It's losing its grip mm. on the captives in Iran. And by thousands, they're running away from him and coming to Christ. Uh, the, Iran is uh, such a unique situation in, uh, in that country for the gospel. So you, um, you're, you're tell- you got, say you've got 24-7 uh, broadcasting into Iran. What does is, what is your day look like? I take it it's, an, it's a uh, mixture of talking about Scripture and giving testimonies and singing music. What, what goes into the day that you have on, uh, that you broadcast into very, Iran? Very good question. That's why I said we yeah. are not typical yeah. uh, Christian television Mm -hmm. you see in the West. That's the problem I have. When Uh I say, we have Christian television, they think of what's in here, and that's not very positive. Right, right. Okay, there are uh, questionable teachings, practices. I'm not a Uh televangelist. Even when I'm in town, for example, even when I'm in town not traveling, Mm -hmm. I'm only on the air two times a week. Mm -hmm. We are not a television channel in in a traditional way. We are a church. Mm We officially a church. We function as a church, but a church that delivers its services to the homes of people. Mm-hmm. We have church services that for millions of Iranians, that's the only church they have during the week. Hmm. Two, two to four million Iranian Muslims have come to Christ with no church. Hmm. All the building churches have been closed. House churches, for the most part, have been destroyed the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. So m- most of these believers, new believers, are home alone, lock the door, 
Uh, they're afraid to gather, mm-hmm. lock the door, turn on television, and they participate with us as a church. They even put sometimes their churches in, in rows. I have the pictures and mm-hmm. clips. They put the church, the, the chairs in their living room, just like a church, and they participate. Mm. A church has a Sunday school. We teach them. Hmm. We have Sunday school. The church has prayer meetings. We have live prayer meetings. So hmm. women's ministry, men's ministry. So it is a form like a church, what church does, but in their homes. So uh, these prayer meetings, that's fascinating. The prayer meeting, how do they communicate their prayer requests? By internet? or Yeah, the internet, the social media, uh-huh. uh, all kinds of uh, connections we have. And the good news is... Mm-hmm. The technology is advancing, so secure connection is improving. Hmm. There are new apps, new ways that they can securely contact us and we can communicate. Hmm. So, yeah, they they give us their prayer request and we pray. You know, uh, when we started the live prayer meeting, I I had concern. Mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, in American church, like I was a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting that down. I, I was so. The prayer meeting is not attended well, you yeah, know. Right, so, right. so here, having it on television, all they can do, all they need to do, is just flip the channel if they don't like it. Right, right. Is it going to be a successful program? Like just one hour of prayer with them. So, what when we started, we finished an hour of prayer, live prayer. The moment we finished, the phone calls came in. Hmm. Why did you stop it? We love it. We love it. (laughs) They stay and they pray. And I realized it is these prayer meetings are evangelistic tool. I never realized that. Uh You know what? Here, a Muslim, just think, a Muslim Uh watching us, Uh this is a prayer meeting, and they're talking to their Heavenly Father so freely. And me, as a Muslim, I have to memorize these Arabic verses in five times. I don't have that relationship. Uh-huh. So that prayer and worship time, one hour. The contrast stands out. Yeah. We don't um, intend yeah. to evangelize, yeah. but it brings many people to Christ. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you have worship services. You have Sunday school classes. You have prayer meetings. You have. Uh, do you take some of the be- better stuff that does circulate in 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 media form and translated is that definitely See, yeah. it, it's 24 7 right, we right. do this is some of it and we we need i'm glad you mentioned that yeah we, we're doing our part where we need help in mm-hmm. every way hmm. we need good teachers we need and let me broadcast some good uh, pastors they part uh, you know partner with us mm-hmm. we translate their sermons and we broadcast some good teachers but that's not enough we have 24 7 mm-hmm. what we do is a few hours it's of a lot of time a lot of time <laughs> yeah. and a lot of hunger on the right, other side right right number one request mm-hmm. we are getting from believers in iran which is two three million and growing mm-hmm. teach us the bible teach us verse by verse we're hungry teach mm. us I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I do my part, but mm-hmm. and I have to travel, uh, present the ministry, mm-hmm. you know, gather funds to, right. to ministry to go. So I can't do all of that. And I, here I ask you: This is a Macedonian call. Mm-hmm. The people are asking. The nation is ready. And by the way, Iran is not the end point. I believe Iran is a starting point. Mm-hmm. God is going to transform Iran, and through Iran, the whole Middle East hmm. will be impacted by the gospel. Hmm. So I'm, I'm calling my brothers and sisters, pray, but get involved. Th- these people are hungry. Hmm. You don't believe how they receive the teaching and they live it. Mm-hmm. May, may I share a story? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Because, again, in the West, you think of all the, the uh, 
TV believers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so weak Christians. Mm-hmm. They don't go to church. They don't do anything. They just sit, watch, sit and watch television. For Iran, wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. These people are so hungry. They receive the word and they apply it. There was this lady called me after the program, so I had time to talk to her. She impressed me. She, what topic we talked? She had such a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. so perfect. For every topic, she, mem- she recited memorized verses, so mm-hmm. many. We talked about Christian marriage. We talked about, I mean, she gave me the best review of why persecution is good mm-hmm. for a Christian. And mm-hmm. here is in Iran, persecuted Christian mm-hmm. in Iran. And many verses from, from memory. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes, 25 minutes later, I'm thinking, oh, my, some of my elders are not mature as this lady in yeah, yeah. every aspect, having a worldview, mm-hmm. Christian worldview. And I'm jealous of her because I don't know as many verses as she does from memory. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ask her 20, 25 minutes later, I'm sorry, lady, I have to go. I'm, uh, I have a meeting. But tell me, why did you call? She said, I called because I need a Bible. I don't have a Bible. Hmm. What are you talking about? You're a walking Bible. Hmm. And how did that happen? And how long have you been a Christian? She said, about a year. Hmm. What? You sound so mature. What happened? She said, I watch the programs intensely. I took, take notes. And when you use a verse, I write it down, and I memorize it, and I do it. Hmm. No church, no teachers, I mean, no pastor. But the hunger is there. The word and the commitment to the word has caused this lady to be a major, uh, experience a major transformation. But the worldview, the, the, how she looked at the world has changed. So it's a discipleship. Some people say, how can you disciple people from, on television? If they're hungry, they follow the Lord, mm-hmm. and the Lord disciples them. Of course, we, we do a face-to-face. We do discipleship online. Mm-hmm. We gather people on online chat rooms. And we pick the best of the best. Mm-hmm. That's a luxury we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I was a pastor. I had two, two three hundred people. That does. That's the, all you have. Mm-hmm. But here, three million. Mm. You pick the best of the best of three million, and you train them for leadership. That's the luxury. So, so you've talked about thousands coming to Christ, but you're actually reaching a very large amount of people with, through this ministry in terms of uh, who's watching. That's right. We have been on the air many years, so most in, there, there are 65 million Iranians with satellite dishes, mm-hmm. and it's very popular. We have viewers in Afghanistan and Tajikistan, which are Farsi speakers, and mm-hmm. many have come to Christ. So, uh, any give, so most of them, or almost all of them, have seen us over 12 years at one mm-hmm. time or another. They mm-hmm. know about us, but we believe about 20 million watch us weekly, and every Day every moment we have three to six million watching. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. number. Uh, so, let, let's talk a little bit about the situation in the Middle East as you see it. You say things are changing. People are walking away from Islam. There's a group of people that I want to talk about that come out of the Middle East that I think um, the chances are are good or perhaps even better that that people at least who live over here will run into, and that's uh, the refugee situation. Now, that's not so much Iran, but but that's significant portions of the Middle East. How should people think about uh, the refugee problem from your perspective in terms of uh, uh, Muslims who are basically looking for a place to land? That's right. Well, there are many aspects to that problem. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 
may talk just the spiritual okay. dimension of okay, it. Okay, sure. Um, and as, as Christians, anyway, Christians are opposing it, sometimes mm-hmm. for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. The, the, it, to, to me, it shows the weakness of uh, Christ, most Christians in the West. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're fearful. Mm-hmm. Where in the Bible you talk about fearing, you mm-hmm. know? And the, and the fear is, is the right because of our weakness. The fear is this, that if they come, they, they uh, impact us in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why not think that they, can, they come here and we impact them in a positive way? Mm-hmm. We share this as an opportunity to share the gospel with Muslims. And because the church doesn't have that muscle mm-hmm. to uh, cause transformation in their lives, mm-hmm. they know they're going to come here and not be transformed, but transform our country mm. to them. So I think it's a sign of weakness. Um, as a Christian, I would say I love the, the people who are suffering. Some of them are truly suffering, and I would do something for them. Mm-hmm. I don't say all of them come here, but mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be go to the other place. And, no, no one come here. I'm, I have a comfortable life here. Mm-hmm. I don't care if people around the world are dying, and I, I don't care. That's not Christian. Mm-hmm. The Christian has a heart for the suffering and has a heart for evangelism. And both of them tell me that some of these those coming here are opportunities for Christians to be Christians. Now, uh, some people are leave because they're forced out. Other people leave because they have chosen to leave everything behind. I I like to say it this way. Imagine you making a decision to leave everything behind except what you can carry with you and go to another country where you don't even know the language and say, I'm going to start a new life. You've got to be pretty desperate to be willing to do that. Knowing that you will be mistreated. Exactly right. And uh, you may Misunderstood. Go yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I, think, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I think sometimes we underestimate um, what it took for a person to become a refugee, and we don't think through, as you're suggesting, the opportunity that exists as a result of that, because they're, look, they're looking for a new home and a new way of life. And... One one more thing, uh-huh. I want to encourage about the ministry to to the refugees. Mm-hmm. These refugees, some of them are Christians, mm-hmm. many of them are Muslims. What ISIS did, mostly ISIS persecuted Muslims, mm-hmm. hurt Muslims. So these refugees coming out, they're being hurt by Islam, I, ISIS. So they're not just suffering physically, but they're spiritually open. Mm-hmm. They are looking for something. Mm-hmm. So uh, people ask me, where, where can I serve? I have, want to do a short-term mission. I said, the most productive short-term mission is go to refugee camps in Europe and serve the refugees. You mm-hmm. will see many, many results. Love them, serve them, and they're spiritually open. Yeah, I have, I have a missionary friend who ministers in an Eastern European country, and they do some very interesting things with the refugees who come over. They greet them. They food and, and clothe them and, and take care of them. They offer them a phone and they tell them on this phone is a Bible. Are you and they tell them ahead, ahead of time, you know, are you interested? And the yes and they take the phone and they find them reading the Bible when they when they get access to it and know that it's there. And so and, and that opens up conversation. So it's a, it, it's a fascinating um, opportunity that exists in many ways. That's right. In, in one way, ISIS is helping the cause of Christ because it's causing Muslims, 
to question their faith. Hmm. Because ISIS, they claim that they're following Islam. And they have a challenge. One of the leaders last year gave a challenge, worldwide challenge. They, he said, tell us, what are we doing that outside Islam? Mm-hmm. Nobody could answer them because what they're doing is what is in the Quran mm-hmm. and what Prophet Muhammad did. So Muslims are awakening. Oh, is this true Muslim Islam? And they look into Quran and they come to conclusion. Oh my gosh, yes, ISIS. They're following this book. So the problem is not with ISIS, is with Islam itself. Hmm. That's what causes refugees to be so open because they've gone through that questioning. Mm-hmm. And so they, they said there must be something else and some other way yes. to live, and I want out of here. Yes. Yeah, interesting. So um, so what are your pl- – well, first, tell us how people can find out about your ministry. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, we, uh, our ministry is called Iran Alive, Iran, I-R-A-N, Alive. You can Google that or Google my name, Hormoz, H-R-M-O-Z, Shariat. But to get updates – from our ministry, the easiest is to text the word I- Iran, I-R-A-N, text that word to a number 77948, 77948. That gives you an option to get our ministry updates. I have a blog in my name, hormoshariat.org, that I talk about, uh, I, I talk about the, the daily issues. But texting Iran to the number 77948 would be easiest and fastest way. And so you and, and so you're televising 24/7. Do you have any any plans for anything in particular or, you, or do you feel like what you are doing now is working? Uh, we need help in uh-huh. every way. We need prayer help. We need of course financial, but also I invite my friends who can teach, not just pastors. I'm looking for People in business come and teach about business. Those mm. who are in education, government, military. We have people in military have come to Christ. The government have, people in high in the government have mm. come to Christ. So I'm inviting my brothers and sisters. Here is a field. People are hungry. Come, and I will translate for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, if they want to contact you, how would they contact you with, if with, to answer that request? If, um, you can send me an email. Go to our website, and there's contact information there, mm-hmm. iranaliveministries.org. Okay. iranaliveministries.org. Well, uh, Hormoz, as always, it's always a joy to talk with you. We hadn't connected in a while, so this has been great to catch up and hear what's going on. It's a wonderful ministry and a wonderful opportunity. I've done the show before and uh, and really found the whole thing fascinating. The setup was top flight and professionally done, and the variety of things that you offer are, are exciting to see. And I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us not just an overview of your ministry, but great advice on how to think about issues related to Islam in the Middle East and how to minister to people in the context of mission. We thank you for your heart and your willingness to visit with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Daryl, you're a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) And we thank you for joining us at the table, and we look forward to having you back with us again. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode is brought to you in part 
by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.